So a good number of years ago, my cousin and I were walking around uh, London near 10 Downing Street. It's really busy. And all of a sudden, we see a protest going on. There's a low retaining wall made out of chain link. And there was this large group of people. And they were chanting, singing, and they would kind of all take a number of steps this way. And then the whole group would stop and come back this way. They were just undulating back and forth and carrying signs I couldn't read and chanting something we couldn't understand. And I wanted to know what was going on. And I saw a police officer standing not very far away. And I tell my cousin, I'm going to go over there and find out what's going on. And she starts hissing at me, going, no, get back here. Stop. Let's go. And I'm calling back, just a second. Hold your horses. I'll be right with you. And I go up and ask the police officer what's going on, and he gives me this really odd look. And he tells me, although I can't remember what he said now, because I get back to my cousin, and my cousin's still really upset. And I'm like, what is the matter? And she starts chiding me angrily and grabbing me by the arm and pulling me away and says, did you not notice that all of a sudden in this very busy downtown, there's not a car, there's not a bus, there's not a truck, there are no people, there are those protesters and a bunch of policemen with Uzis. No, I didn't notice that. <laughs> I had a question and a burning curiosity and all I saw was a police officer that I wanted to talk to. Now, neurologists will tell us that this is because we see far less of the world than we think we see. We largely see the, the world as tools and impediments. And we only think we see everything else unless we're really paying attention to it. Rea in reality, our brain is filling in from memory everything else around what we are focusing on. Our, 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 our aim, our, our vision is really quite pinpointed. There was an experiment that Jordan Peterson talked about on his podcast. It's uh, people were set in front of a television screen, and on the television screen, um, uh, which was uh, filling the screen, there were six people. Three people were in white uniforms, and three people were in black uniforms. And each team had a basketball. And they would turn in circles and weave in and out, and, t and the white team would throw basketballs to other people on the white team, and the black team would throw basketballs to other people on the black team as they're weaving around. And if you were sat in front of the television screen, you would be told, count how many times the white team passes the basketball to another member on the white uniformed team. So they're doing that and people sit there in front of it. Now, halfway through the video, you can see this on YouTube, look it up, a, about a six foot one man in a gorilla uniform walks into the middle of the screen, into the middle of these undulating people, does this, and then saunters off on the other side. End of the experiment, they said, so how many times did you count the white, uh, the white team passing the, uh, the basketball to another member of the white uniform team. They said, 15, very good. They said, and what did you think of the gorilla? Half of the people watching the, the video said, what gorilla? We didn't see a gorilla. And it's blatantly obvious. And he comes in, he's six foot one, he fills most of the screen and goes back off. What we perceive is highly connected to our goals our aims and our morals. 
the gorilla was not part of the, uh, uh, they didn't think the gorilla had anything to do with them, so their brain kind of canceled them that, that out so they could focus on what they needed to do. So if you are hungry and you go into the kitchen, what stands out to you are things like the bread, the butter knife, and the obstacle of Father Anthony holding on to the peanut butter jar that has the very last of the peanut butter in it. <laughs> and so we have the gospel today. We have Lazarus, the poor man, who is starving at the door of the rich man, interestingly, who does not have a name. And I would bet he clearly sees the rich man, his house, and the scraps that they take out in the trash uh, at the end of the meal and throw in the trash can. And I don't know that it is that the rich man was ignoring the poor man. Until the very end of the story, it isn't entirely clear that he was aware that he even existed. He didn't see him. He wasn't, Lazarus wasn't important enough to the rich man. The rich man had his views, his aims, his gold, his worldview, and his morals, and Lazarus was not even a part of it. He didn't see it. A major part of what we do at Mass every weekend is try to either widen or refocus our vision, to pay attention to those things which are a part of God's kingdom, to learn to see those things in this world that makes God in heaven visible to us. And we only do it for about 50 minutes a week to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comforted, as we often say. I had a notice on my phone the other day, it came up and it said, your screen time is down 20% a day to one hour. I was like, holy cow, you mean to tell me I waste an hour every day looking on the screen on my phone? So much of our day is input, particularly from electronic devices, and that tells us what we should see and how we should see it and understand it. I get so frustrated with the news these days, especially those who call themselves fair and balanced. And to their credit, perhaps it is that they really think that they are because of their worldview and how they see things. But I have to turn it off, usually while yelling at the device, stop telling me how I should think about this. Just tell me what happened, don't editorialize, and I'll come to my conclusion. Don't tell me how to see this. Just think of what percentage of our week is spent before TVs, computers, Facebook, news sources, schools, friends, work, of pe of people at work wanting to interpret the world for us, and how little of it comes from the creator of the universe, from the sacraments, from prayer, holy reading. How might that skew our vision and how we see the world? So here's a little theory. It's not the official teaching of the Catholic Church. This is just something I've been mulling over. We were waiting Jesus at the end of the world, and it says at the end of the world, he'll come and judge all the people, right? But largely, we choose where we want to go, heaven or hell, right? And why isn't it the case that it can happen that when we die, we'll go, oops, I changed my mind, I choose heaven. What if, now this is the part that's my speculation, it has to do with how we trained our soul to see with our eyes in this world, which we won't have in the next world. 
and our soul will be attracted to what it is trained to see. Jesus had tried to pass through the narrow gate. Many have tried but have failed. What if it's because we can't even see, or the person who isn't going to heaven can't even see the narrow gate? Take, for example, the rich man again, as he sees Lazarus in the bosom of Abraham. Lazarus is obviously in heaven, and you know, I, I, uh, one interpretation of where Lazarus is, he's not in hell, but perhaps purgatory, because he's still got this love and wanting to help at least his brothers, right? He's kind of praying for them, so maybe he's in purgatory. But when he looks at Lazarus, Lazarus who is in heaven, Lazarus who has attained what we were supposed to attain, attain in God, you know, he had the perfect life, he ended up in heaven. So what did he see? Did he see somebody successful? More successful than he was? Did he see someone he should respect? Did he see someone he should emulate? No, he still sees him as someone less than. Almost like he and, and uh, uh, Abraham are buds talking about this person. Because go tell him to dip his finger in the water and bring me some relief. Go send him to my brothers. Even in the very situation, he still cannot see the state of things the right way. I am a powerful rich man. Abraham should be on my side and Lazarus is still of little note. And then there's the chilling last few words that Abraham said after being asked to send Lazarus on an errand to his brothers because if someone comes from the dead to them, they will repent. And Abraham said to him, if they did not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. How could they? They wouldn't be able to see it, to comprehend it, to understand it. If they wouldn't pay attention to the scriptures or things of God, why would this be any different? And we all know people who don't believe, even though Jesus rose from the dead, their worldview would not or does not permit them to see it. And so much of our faith is about finding the right way to see the world. Our faith tells us to see Jesus in every human being, especially those that it is most difficult to see. And in all that we have, to see it as gift from God. In all of our joys, to see it as something for which we should be thankful. In all of our sorrows, to see the opportunity to grow in the love of God. To see life in death, hope in despair, gain in giving, joy in right sacrifice. God acting invisibly in a visible world, to see the world with our Father's eyes, to see things aright, allowing us not only to live the kingdom of God in this life, but to be prepared to see and enter it into more fully in the life to come.